Saturday morning, animation is dancing ponies and singing sponges. Saturday night is their freaky up cousin buckle up boys what is this place animation domination high def a late night block of brand new shows axe cop i'll chop your head off and high school usa hey gang where's brent brent's dead your weekend just got a whole lot weirder <laughs> saturday's late night starting july 27th on fox you're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Dexter After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Dexter After Show. Well, hello, everybody. Hello. Thing is for doing, and here we are doing another amazing AfterBuzz TV after show for you. Your favorite show, Dexter. It is season eight, episode four. We're on scar tissue. I am your host, Chano, and I'm joined with my studio chock full of lovely, awesome co-hosts. Chock full of them. Uh, I'm Anna Koppel. <laughs> I am JJ Jurgens. And I'm chock full of Stephen Lemieux. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the following topics tonight. Quinn and Bautista. Thank you for writing these topics, Steven, by the way. And uh, Yates Vogel, Dexter. We'll be discussing Dexter and Deb and what the hell went on with them during this episode. Uh, and then we'll talk about some news and gossip and our predictions at the end, as usual. But let's go ahead and get right into it. So, Quinn and Bautista. Sergeant's exam. The sergeant's exam. And surprisingly, Quinn freaking passed it. How amazing is that, right? I knew I, he had it in him. Mm, I, <laughs> I still don't think he passed it on his own. I still think <laughs> Batista had a hand. Well, he, he does have a hand for sure. Like Matthews was telling him, hey, man, like you have the ultimate decision. But Miller, Angie Miller, Detective Angie Miller, scored higher than Quinn did by three percentage points on the exam. Yeah, she's in the 80, what was it, 88th percentile? They said she was mm-hmm. in the 80th percentile and Quinn was in the 85th percentile, which is, it's only three percentage points difference, but I guess they, the Matthews wants her. And uh, Batista is saying, hey man, you need a you need to not mess things up because Quinn gets in that stupid bar fight, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But I... Isn't there something to be said for seniority there? I mean, he's been there forever. <laughs> Dude, he, he's, he's a detective. That guy's just a patrolman, and he's he's talking smack about... If, if I was, you know, if I was in that position, I would know my place and like, okay, dude, there is the guy who's higher up than me. I can't talk smack about him or his ex-girlfriend or whatever. No, I don't think Anna was talking about seniority in their respective oh. knowing who Quinn was. I think he was talking about Miller versus Quinn for sergeant. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Oh, you were? Okay, I'm sorry. I went. I was like thinking totally different. But well, that's another good point. Yes. Yeah, that, that point would be how the hell do they not know who Quinn is? Yeah, seriously. And he's a homicide detective. Exactly. Like he he hangs out with lieutenant with the lieutenant all the time. Like he was his partner. You should know who the partner of the lieutenant is. And he's on, his butt buddy. <laughs> and on the on the topic of seniority, 
actually, Batista should have been lieutenant before Deb, but Deb ended up as lieutenant before Batista. So I guess seniority doesn't so much affect it as much. I would say it's a combination. But- it's a combination of seniority and like doing the test. Like when the positions open up, they have to. They they are open exams usually, and they apply for them. But ultimately, what it comes down to an interview is. Do I like you more than the other person? Mm-hmm. It's a frontocracy in a way. And what we've really seen of Detective Miller since, you know, I know we're, she's not the as big a character as Quinn, so we see more from him. But she doesn't do much on the on the crime scenes, you know, so come on. But I also think Quinn had a good point when he was calling Batista out saying, you know, you did the same thing. And I don't know if his point was that um, valid saying, well, I had already made it when I did it. Maybe even worse because you already have that position of you know leadership, and then you're still acting out like that. So I don't know if I buy his argument for why it was better for him to punch somebody than Quinn in that that position. You, you know what, JJ? You bring up an inter- a bunch of interesting points. The one that I want to talk about that you said was uh, how Miller, like she hasn't you know been that valid. Like it doesn't seem like she's been a super valuable resource to the Miami Dade ho- Homicide Department. However, this episode, like right after Matthews has a conversation with Batista saying, like, oh, you need to choose Miller, you know, or you should, mm-hmm. I'm edging you too. She starts spouting off all these lines, like, saying, oh, hey, like, we should do this and that, and then, <laughs> yeah. and Quinn's just like, uh, got it, yeah, we're, uh, we're on it. I would have liked to see her doing that throughout last season, mm-hmm. for us to not be like, oh, who the hell is this? I mean, of course we know who she is and all that, but at the same time, it just seems so far out of left field, and you're like, well, like, who is this character, and why is she on par with Quinn, who would make all sorts of sense... Even if they even if they had another character that was that made more sense to go against Quinn for the promotion, just seeing her when she really we haven't seen her do anything or have any perils or have any storylines really. Well, it also makes me question Matthews a little bit. He has a little bit of a spotty history, and uh, you know, let's let's face it. Uh, you know, any sort of police department's a little bit of a boys' club, and a lot, <laughs> a lot, a bit of a boys' club. <laughs> And, it, you know, he never got along with LaGuerta, and uh, so it, it's just a little bit strange that he wants Angie Miller in there. Yeah, that's a good hmm. point, but he could be thinking a couple of ways. He could be thinking, like, okay, just purely percentage points-wise, you know, like, okay, this person's clearly on paper a better person than the other one. And on paper as well, he's probably taking race and um and and her being a female into account he's like okay we need someone else to fill that void because all they have now are men deb's gone laguerta's dead and we need some he's probably thinking we need somebody to be the sergeant who's a black female seriously it's like straight up that's how it's going to be that's actually a really great point because the only reason laguerta was the lieutenant in the first place was because they have such a strong latin community in miami and that was his decision because he needed he needed at that time somebody who could like connect with that community to be in the department. Yep. So that's kind of how LaGuardia got up. And now they had Dokes, but Dokes was the only was the African American guy, and now he's not really there anymore. <laughs> Except in his memories, he didn't survive the barbecue um, a few oh. years ago. Swamp. <laughs> so now we have now we have of course Angie Miller. But um, what we what we were talking about with uh, Quinn versus. Miller and it seems like with the punch he he does have a point like when you have a when you have a political thing like a scandal it's usually during the races like if if a presidential candidate who is um running for president duh sorry punch someone on the road 
it would be less of a scandal as if they were already president and punched somebody on the road. Because then it's Batista's on the line for putting his neck out while he's while he's trying to become the sergeant. But after he's sergeant, it's not Batista's neck on the line. It's his own making his own decisions. He's not representing somebody else in this promotion battle. Because then Batista looks bad if he does something bad, and then Batista still gives him the promotion. Yeah, uh, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Uh, I also wanted to talk about w- within that topic. I wanted to discuss Quinn and Jamie and how their relationship's going. What did you girls think about what was going on between them? You girls are cheering. Come on, you don't. You got something to say, right? No, I don't want him with Jamie. I want him back with Deb. And I think Jamie also knowing that he is still in love with Deb, I would not be still in his bed, like doing what she's doing. <laughs> so you girls really do think that he still has a oh, lot of yes. feelings. Totally. I do. I'm not going to speak for her, but I totally think he has a ton of feelings for Deb. I mean, he's punching people for her. He's, you know, getting her out of trouble. It's just that that connection that he's he's been in love with her. He's always going to be in love with her. He said to her face today, it's so easy with you. It's so complicated yes. with Jamie. <laughs> you don't say to your ex-girlfriend, you don't complain about your current girlfriend to your ex-girlfriend unless you're still in love with the ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't... Mm-hmm. To the ex, the ex fiance. Yeah, sorry yeah, to cut you yeah. off. Ex fiance, and uh, you, you know what? It's it's funny that he said that. I wrote this down in my notes. It's seriously like, dude, she is a drunk, depressed, suicidal person, and you think it's so easy to be with her? You want to be with her <laughs> instead of your awesome girlfriend who's just a babysitter, probably finishing up her college degree or whatever, and all she wants to do is work and come home, have dates with you, and have voracious sexy time <laughs> in your apartment. Come I on. think. Well, when you put it that way. Well, it is easier, and here's why. First, Quinn can relate to that lifestyle more, number one. Number two, being with Jamie equals being with Batista. I mean, he's there all the time, so he has <laughs> Batista riding him all the time. And that's difficult. Yeah, it's easier to get down the gutter with Deb. Totally agree, and and they're they're the same type of person. I mean, they both. I mean, Quinn had all of his issues, you know, showing up drunk, you know, in the previous seasons that we've seen, and so I think he understands where Deb's coming from. Like they relate. He gets what gets her upset. I think they just they just click in a broken people attract broken people in a way. Um, what do you think? Let me ask you this question. Do you think Batista would be pushing for Quinn to be sergeant so hard if he wasn't dating Jamie? Yeah, I think he would because they've been partners for a while. For like two, three seasons. But Quinn's been pushing it. Four seasons, maybe? Quinn's been pushing it for this whole time. And Batista knows his flaws. And so to really think that he's sergeant material, like whenever he mentions Quinn, he's like, yeah, Quinn taking care of my little sister. I'm sure it does... It is kind of edging him towards that decision to choose Quinn more as a sergeant mm-hmm. because, yeah, I, I would agree with you. But I, but I would say also mm-hmm. that at the same time, they're, they're, they're brothers in a way. They've mm-hmm. been partners for a long time. They've saved mm-hmm. each other's butts plenty of times, right? Wasn't Batista in the house on fire, right, a couple of seasons ago? And then Quinn saved his butt. Yeah. I don't know. I just still with this storyline, I think that I, I take back what I said while watching it when I was like, oh, Batista helped him with his score. Looking at their character development, like, Batista wouldn't do that. I don't think Batista would stoop his morals to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think Quinn did something to alter his score or to cheat somehow. Hmm. Hmm. That's an interesting point. I also quickly want to say that I think that that Jamie's too young for him. 
Really? Yeah. He's already like got hey. short hair and losing his hair. After hey, after they're twenty one or even eighteen, really. But I prefer twenty one. <laughs> after they're twenty one, really, it's all good because then they can go with you to the bars and drink and hang out too, right? Priorities. They're easier to date rape then. <laughs> That's crossing that is, lines. Um, we're not creep up curves like let's that. Not go, let's not go into the age thing. I mean, Jamie's Jamie's obviously younger than him, but at the same time, it's like if I mean. I don't know. I don't see them. I don't. I see them together, kind of as a couple. Like I don't see them looking like, oh my god, look at that old guy with that young girl. Like I don't see anything. I see. I saw Batista and Laguerta. Like, look at that handsome dude with that ugly bitch. Because <laughs> I did not like Laguerta. I didn't like Laguerta. And Batista's like my favorite character aside from Dexter. So when like your favorite and your worst get together, you're just like, no, like come on, no. But then Jamie, I like. I don't. Jamie's like, cute. Yeah, I mean, and I, they've been they've been looking for a good excuse to show off her body more. I'm sure. Yeah. And they've been they wrote her into a relationship with Quinn and. They have sexy time. It's amazing. Well, last time we had her in studio, she talked about that bikini scene. She's like, yeah, and that was the last episode. With, you know, they put me in a bikini, and the next episode they put her in a bikini. Now this season they're like, all right, here's your here's your scenes. This is her story arc. They've really escalated it a lot since last season. And you know what? It It's to my liking. She she has a great body. You know, she they're showing it off really well in those shots that they take. Well, I think it's really... Pu- <laughs> I, I talked about. Also, would you like to weigh Wow, in? I just. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, please. I just, I'm not clear. Does she have a gray body? I, I'm, I didn't quite hear you say it ten times, so I'm not sure if it was good or not. And also, her story arc is that what we're talking about? No, but look, story arc and sexy time. Okay. Okay, let's move. Wow, let's go ahead and move on then from this topic. We look, I think that's why. I as, as the men, we filled in enough. Let's go ahead and talk well, about something I wanted, else. I you do to... know there's porn out there if you guys need it. I wasn't even going that road. I was saying in, in terms of where she's come as like the very young, bubbly nanny for Dexter, taking care of Harrison, and now getting her own real storyline with Quinn as opposed to just being the nanny. I mean, she had her little thing with the comic book creeper guy. But now she's kind of taking it to the next level with a real relationship with someone who we actually know about and have a real rich history with throughout the seasons. And when I talked, when she was in studio and we talked to her, she had she told me that she was interested in coming becoming more of that femme fatale role, and this kind of gives her that chance to be that more mature female lead as opposed to just the young ditzy kind of nanny, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and like wh- this really pushes her into her Showtime role. As opposed to somebody who could just end up on a USA show after this. And I, oh, I was going to say that's a really good point. So you can go ahead, JJ. I did read an article about that. She, she was um, when she was interviewed. Sorry, I can't talk. And she was saying that she liked the thing about the sex scenes was that she got to play a powerful woman more in in control, which you do always see her in those scenes. And she liked that versus being kind of a submissive. She wanted to show that women can be strong, powerful, and sexy in the bedroom, too. And speaking of in control, this episode, she not only, she was when she was on top of Quinn, she was like hitting his injury. Where, where did he get that injury? Do you guys remember? Was it just from the bar fight? Getting, it could have been the bar fight. It was like a quick punch to I him, I think they too? met from the bar fight, yeah. Yeah, but she was, that was, that was so funny, because she was pissed at him for what he was doing, you know, defending Deb's honor, mm-hmm. and she was like, okay, you know, like, I, I love you still. You know, I'm all let you slide on that, but I'm going to give you a little bit of punishment so you yeah. know what you shouldn't do. Exactly. Like a shock collar on a dog. I think Quinn needs to have somebody, like, talk crap about her in front of him so he can punch those people out just to kind of, like... <laughs> Cause, it out. Because every single time, it's just... 
every time I see him and Deb together, I'm like, oh god, don't kiss, don't hug, because Jamie's gonna see it. It's just, it's getting so predictable now that every scene we have with Jamie and Quinn, oh, let's bring up Deb somehow in some kind of writer's way. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is you you said like Jamie's gonna see it. I feel like Jamie is so forgiving and understanding and level-headed um, to the point where it's like kind of irritating. I feel like, like no woman is really like that. Um, <laughs> and and yeah, I just feel like if she gets to a point where she's done dealing with it, that she's just going to be like, you know, I've just had enough of this and it's over. And it's not going to be like a big fight. Angel's going to have more of a fight with Quinn than, than Jamie is. Well, at the same time, though, like she's she'd be getting it on both sides by by Batista. If she broke it off with Quinn for sticking up for Deb, like Batista would be like, that was like his ex fiance. Like he proposed to her. Like it's like, it, would you want me to not fight for someone? I mean, I don't know. She'd just be she'd get so much flack if she broke up with him for something like that, especially from Batista. And I don't think she wants that. But I think if they do break up, she has to be the one to break off, so so Batista doesn't go ape crap on. Quinn, but he's probably going to anyway. Well, I'll tell you something you can go ape crap about. It's actually starting on July 27th, which is next Saturday night. Uh, you guys can watch on Fox uh, the uh, Animation Domination AD... Uh, a- oh, HD, sorry. Uh, Animation Domination HD, or ADHD, which is freaking hilarious. I've watched some of their clips on YouTube. One of the, the main... One of the main shows is called Axe Cop, and it's it's freaking hilarious. It actually stars uh, Nick Offerman, who's uh, who's uh, on Parks and Rec, and he's he's starting as the voice of this thing called Axe Cop. Did, has, did anybody else like you know about Axe Cop a little bit, right, Steven? Yeah, I'll give you a few, I'll give you a little bit of background on Axe Cop to know what to expect from this. It was literally a comic book artist who had a nephew that was really young, and his nephew would just tell him what to draw. So he'd be like, oh, well, how about a cop who fights crime with an axe? So he draws that, and then he draws, like, villains that end up changing on the drop of a hat because it's an eight-year-old writing the story. It is probably one of the most bizarre but entertaining things I've ever read. And it just kept going, and it became an internet phenomenon. Now it has its own show. Like, I'm really excited to actually watch it. Yeah, and Axe Cop actually kind of looks like Nick Offerman a little bit. So you guys should probably check it out next week, uh, July 27th. Enjoy it. It's animation domination HD. It's kind of like it, it's like a hip and kind of risky a little bit. You know, they got some foul language that they bleep out a lot. You know, so you can compare it to Family Guy, but much more risque. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Tune in on Fox. Next let's week. get weird. Yeah, let's get weird. Anyway, so I want to see that clip. By the way, whatever that was that we played in the in the beginning of our show. So let's talk about uh, Yates, Vogel, and Dexter. So Vogel. Fogel. <laughs> I, okay, I got. Let's, let's bring that up. Can actually. I? Can I just say this? A lot of I've gotten a lot of flack for I've gotten a lot of lack for saying Fogel, and I, it's not it's not a purposeful thing for me. It's just when I when I hear the name Vogel, I think of Fogel because it's German for the word bird. It's a very 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 common German last name. I have a lot of friends who have the last name of Fogel, so it's like Fogel. It's bird. So I will try to say Vogel from now on. And they have permission to yell at me or hit me if I say Fogel. But you and know. I will try to say Vogel from now on. But 
Thank you for so, your input. So what you're saying is when you hear a name, you think of other names and just say those <laughs> names. No, it's because we have closed captioning on when we watch the show. So I'm, I'm reading it, and I hear it, and I, I hear Vogel, but I'm just like, Dexter, stop pronouncing it wrong. You know what? I, I have to be on your side, Stephen, like, with, with you saying fuh instead of vuh, because I actually, you know, you know what, to be honest, like, I don't care if someone says, like, the accent kind of off a little bit, because you know what? It's your way of saying it, and that makes me remember it, like, hey, that came out of Stephen's mouth. I think that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cool way to say it. I want to say it Vogel, too, so maybe our fans will like it with an F instead of a V. Yeah, you're just hearing the complaints. You don't hear the praises. I want to put. I, I don't think they do. I think our fans would like to hear the way it's pronounced on the show. Yeah, very well. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Dexter Morgan. <laughs> no, Sean Uverman. 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 We're gonna throw some umlauts on that. Anyway, let's go ahead and get so into Yates, this topic. <laughs> we fi- Dexter gets to investigate this guy AJ Yates, who happens to be what Chapter Seven of Vogel's book, mm-hmm. and he pretty much ends up to be the, uh, he's the brain surgeon, right? Or at least that's what the orgy of evidence in his basement we weird, don't. like, little kill room has, right? He's got all these, like, cuts in there, like, on like these, dr- these drawn lines on people's skulls and whatever, and he even has a woman in there who's got her, one of her uh, lungs punctured, or, and she's, like, bleeding in there, the next victim. He has all these women's shoes as trophies. But then again, I, I I don't know. Like, I, mm-hmm. what do you guys feel? Do you guys feel he's he's so easily the brain surgeon, even though it's like all there? My thing is, if you were doing it, would you really need the paper that explained everything and how to do it in your right there in your cabinet? I don't think you would. Also, why would like, he kill her by stabbing her in the lung? I, why wouldn't he also cut her head open like the other victims? You know what? Also, too is wasn't weren't the other victims of the brain surgeon men? It seems like this guy targets women. That's his M.O. He's collecting all these shoes. Why would he be the brain surgeon? It, it, it just doesn't fit. The only thing that fits for me is that orgy of evidence that we found. Sorry, I'm getting that from uh, Minority Report. <laughs> and uh, the cut that's on the back of his head. That's it. Yeah, I don't think he is. And he made the comment like she found himself herself a hero. Like, I think it's part of her setup. I just think... Thing. There's there's too much of a connection though, honestly, for him to not be the brain surgeon. I think we're gonna find out he's the brain surgeon, but there's a deeper storyline going here. Like perhaps there's a game between uh, Yates and Fo- and Vogel for cat and mouse. Like perhaps that perhaps she tests serial killers by sending them after him to see, like to kind of pit them against each other, something like that. Because it just seems like he is the brain surgeon, just because we see in the scenes from next episode he knows where she lives. We see the containers, the exact same containers for specimens that he sent her. Um, he has a link directly to all her notes. And the biggest thing that makes me think that there's been this before between him and Yates and they have a long history is what he says when uh, he finds out about Dexter. Fogel's got her hero. You can hit me. <laughs> Vogel's got her hero. Yeah. So I mean, it's just she's. I think she's phrased it that way. Like she knows. Like she knows. She knows I've got someone with me. And now he's like, well, she's got her hero. It kind of seems like she's got her hero. It's time to play the game. She's got her homicidal hero, her dark defender. It almost seemed like he was expecting it. Otherwise, why wouldn't he just try to kill Dexter right there when he could have gotten the drop on him? I really feel like he was expecting it. 
if there is, if it ends up that he is the brain surgeon, it it seems like a really weak connection. Like they they do all these things with him, like with his women mo's and their trophies that he's got, and then they have they have those you know the specimen jars and whatever. It, it just seems like something that it doesn't really fit. Very and with well. the with the fish house with the other guys that got killed and everything, it yeah. doesn't really. Yeah, it's just like it, it's kind of like. The writers just kind of threw this in. They're like, okay, let's throw in those tidbits of... But maybe there is a deeper meaning as we go on in the season. Maybe it is that he's not the brain surgeon. Well, maybe when he said Vogel's found herself as a hero, it is because, uh, as we know, she's uh, performed some unorthodox experiments, and uh, perhaps at some point Yates was supposed to be the hero, but wasn't. Can I say something, too? Um, I'm going to anyway. Uh, <laughs> Vogel did not seem surprised while she was in his basement. No. Almost as if she had been there before. I'm just going to say that mm. as if she's still somebody who's pitting these people against Dexter, and she put the specimen jars there, put all that stuff there, and she had talked to him previously. That's right, that's, because... Oh, JJ, go that, ahead. That's what I was saying before when I said that the comment about the hero is that I took it as she now found somebody that she can, like, you know, will fight her fi- fights for her, you know, her challenges for her, but he's totally being set up. You know, that I don't think... I think she put the sheet there with the brain surgery thing in there, and yeah, I think... Because I, I think you guys are all right. You guys make really valid points. And when when uh, Dexter got there initially, it was abandoned. Like no one, well, except for the woman who was there bleeding in his cabinet. But that, but AJ Yates was c- cleared out. AJ Yates was mm-hmm. cleared out, and perhaps AJ Yates didn't kill any of the women that we think he killed because he didn't technically fit the code until Dexter knew he fit the code. So he could have he could have just left the house with that woman tied up. Vogel knew where he lived. Vogel could have gone down into his basement, put the woman in there and stabbed her, put all the specimen jars and everything there, and then left to go back with Dexter. Perhaps he's only maybe raping women exactly. and taking their shoes after he's done. I know. I'm not necessarily killing them. Because what do we learn about him? We learned that he was, at 12, he busted a chair over somebody, and he was institutionalized at 15. We don't... He doesn't really have a rich history in murder. What part of the brain was removed? Or He had a tumor or something? He had a... Um, lesion, she said, right? Yeah, she had like a, a lesion, he had a removed. lesion on, removed from his brain that she thought was causing anger issues. But, I mean, I don't know. I just don't... I don't believe... I don't believe this guy who who has these books that would chop up people like this would leave somebody just stabbed like yeah. half half ass. Vogel probably did it. She was probably the one who who found that woman in there. He was probably just going to rape her and torture her, and then maybe like leave her in some alley somewhere on an ER doorstep. But if she found him down, she found her down there, and Vogel just went, "Okay, let's get rid of this woman because she saw me come in before Dexter." And it's too planned. It's too planned for the girl to survive that way. Because now, yeah. now he fits the code. He fits the code now because technically he was going to kill that girl. But Dexter over saying like he overthought it, that she survived with the pressure on it. This is a guy who has all of Vogel... <laughs> Has all of Vogel's notes, has these video cameras set up. He's obviously an intent, he's a very intelligent man. The way he escaped Dexter in the hospital, he knows his things. He's escaped getting caught so many times, as you can tell just from this episode, that he would know that she would live through that. He would know that there'd be pressure to keep her alive. 
So if he was intending to kill her, he would have killed her. I feel like Vogel is lying to Dexter because I think you, you mentioned it, JJ, like when he came to the house, or maybe it was Anna, but when he came to the house to talk to Vogel about, hey, why didn't you tell me about his scar and everything, she was just like, oh, like, whatever about it. It's nothing. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's nothing, you know? Because Dexter wanted to go to, of course he wanted to see her in person so he could determine if she's lying, but she must be just such a good liar that it doesn't even show at all. I like how the scar makeup they probably just shaved his head in that thing and then just put a little bit, like, a little bit of makeup on it. They did a good job. Yeah, I mean, it looked so real that it was real skin. I was like, oh, okay, good, yeah. nice. Let's talk about Dexter and Deb. Oh, my gosh. Let's go <laughs> Let's go fast forward to the end of the episode. I want to, I actually forgot to put a topic in here that oh. I think really bears needing to talk about. Did you want to talk about it now before uh, Dexter yeah, and Deb? Yeah, definitely. Go ahead. Deb and Vogel. We have to talk about Deb and Volga yes. before we get into Dexter and Deb. So wh what's going on with them, too? She's, she's, it, it seems superficially like she's trying to heal Deb, trying to make... And I, I thought she was making some prog progress, right? When they were in the container, she locked them in there. This was the most forceful we've ever seen Vogel with, mm -hmm. with Deborah. And, and they're developing a relationship in a way because she's staying at Vogel's place and it's like a haven for her to get out of her addictions, get out of her depression. Can I just say that this seems... I, I have a really hard time believing this storyline. It just seems like Deb would never stay with this woman. <laughs> There's just no way. It, whether I mean, She didn't know that... Vogel knew Harry. I think maybe had she known that, that there was a chance that she might stay with this strange woman, but just like, sure, yeah, thanks, on that thanks one. for letting me use your treadmill. Like, I'm just <laughs> <I think> gonna <laughs> not drink. Like, that doesn't seem like Deb at all. There was a big ellipse. Agree, yeah. There was, a, like, a few weeks of an no, ellipse it's all, between... No, it's one week. Oh, they, it's one they mentioned week. it in the episode. They Jeez, said that's it's a come around in one week. I know, man. right? Yeah. Seriously, it's like, and then she only mentioned the handcuff to the couch once, but it Deb is the kind of character that Curiosity killed the Deb. So all Vogel would have to mention is, I have tapes of your father. I have tapes of your father talking about Dexter. That would be enough to draw Deb in. Because Deb's always been the one for curiosity and going outside her her safe zone to go speak her curiosity. And that's why you see, we see her in all these stupid situations that put her life in danger. And I'm sure she wants to know more about Dexter yeah. and about his past mm -hmm. and w even more importantly what Harry thought of Dexter. These videotapes that were that are on DVD and that they have on the computer, it's the first time that we really get to see uh, James Remar's character Harry just so um, just so like really against doing all this stuff setting up the code setting up Dexter to be this monster to make the kills to be that predator well because you go ahead in this I'm thinking what if um, you know what I mean, we should wait till we get to the last scene I'll wait I'll wait till we talk about Debedex. Go ahead, Stephen. well we got to real what we got to realize is that every time we see James Remar thus far as Harry it's all Dexter's interpretation of what Harry taught him and what Harry viewed Dexter on for that. Dexter knows he committed suicide, but he doesn't know he doesn't know how powerful it was of his hatred for Dexter or anything like that. So these tapes really show it's like the real Harry as opposed to yeah. this subconscious feeling of what Harry would be thinking in these moments. And how Vogel is doing this, it's so manipulative. It's like taking a sentence or a paragraph that somebody says and cutting out key words to make it say something else. This is how she's using these videotapes to manipulate Deb, to manipulate Dexter. So that's why it's such a big moment when Deb finds these tapes 
and looks at the ones that she wouldn't show her. And you know what? that's I'm oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. <laughs> you know, that's a really good point because Dexter. Okay, if I get sidetracked after this part, that's gonna suck. But uh, Dexter, he has he's had flashbacks in previous seasons. Not just oh Harry, you're with me right now in the car, present day. No, it's like flash, flashbacks to previous memories that he has of Harry teaching him the code. Now, I thought it was interesting, like, it's been interesting that he's always been so set. Harry's always been like, this is the way it's done. you got to do it like this. you got to protect yourself. you got to kill the bad guys only. You have to vet them. But then we get to see the other side of it. And I also wanted to mention, gosh, it's kind of leaving me, uh, something like Harry... Something, something. Okay, I don't remember. Go on, JJ. You brought it up now, so now I can bring up what I was going to bring up. This is my my thought watching the episode tonight, because, like you said, we have seen everything through, like... You know, yeah, so so he thinks that... What what if um, Vogel... What if, his, what if Harry actually didn't commit suicide, and what if Vogel made him OD, like, somehow in the hospital room, or, and, like, killed Dexter's father? Oh, here. This is what I was thinking. You were saying you were talking about manipulation, Stephen. What if Vogel's been manipulating everybody? Obviously, she's even she's manipulated Deb now. She's mm-hmm. manipulated Dexter. She was even manipulating Harry mm-hmm. to to shape and mold mm-hmm. Dexter, Subject Zero, into this psychopath, controllable killing machine. And I got okay. This might this is a little bit of a tangent, but it has a lot to do with the character of Vogel. Dexter puts it a great way later in the episode with Vogel where he says, you're trying to isolate me from Deb. And when the isolate came into it, it really kind of like sparked a sparked a thought in my mind. It doesn't happen often. Um, <laughs> she is a scientist. These are all experiments to her. So, of course, all her other patients were going to see varying things. There's got to be a control group. There's got to be a experimental group. There's got to be another thing, and Dexter's patient zero. So Dexter is the patient that all of these that there's all these different like types, all these different things she's put into it, and then there's going to be the other patients where she puts this this situation, but with this different rule. This situation, but with this different rule. So we're going to see Dexter, but of course we're going to see all these other patients who have similar rules. But maybe just one thing is different with each one. Another variable's changed. Dexter, you can only kill criminals, but they have to fit the code. Yates, you can only you can only kill women, but they have to fit this code. So you never know what she's doing as she's kind of this mad scientist, and I really think that Dexter is somewhat of her prey for this season to see how he reacts and to see how patient zero see see if her th- hypothesis proves correct with patient zero. It's a lifetime experiment. I think that uh, Dexter has been... The number one rule is don't get caught. And I think Dexter has been a poor uh, test subject in this way because he's told too many people and, uh, you know, has shared... Even if he hasn't said or people haven't known exactly that he is a serial killer, that he's shared, oh, I have a dark passenger or whatever. And I think starting with Lila, uh, who for the first time made him think, oh, maybe I'm human. Maybe that's okay. Maybe everybody has a dark part of themselves, but that doesn't mean that they're monsters. Uh, So he's kind of been working that out for a lot of years now. And, you know, and he has Hmm. a baby. And and so in a lot of ways, he's been a a bad test subject for, for Vogel. 
or rather he's been he's been the one that exceeds all other possibilities maybe so i i mean i don't know i'm i'm worried in this season that they're going to take there was there was one thing i hated about this previous season of american horror story is that there were too many storylines and i'm worried that in this season we're going to see more coming out and we're just going to lose track of kind of all the things that are happening cuz we have this thing with the fishing house and yates and this other guy and somebody's controlling this guy to kill people it's it's kind of expanding too much they're throwing a lot into this last season of Dexter. yeah and i feel like you don't need too much to make it an amazing season i mean of course everyone goes back to the trinity killer season but that was that was to me that's dexter like that was the greatest season of dexter and it's going to be hard to match and i don't think having eight different storylines is going to make it compete very true. Let's let's talk about Dexter and Deb a little bit before we wrap up in like their last scene. So, so I thought that everything was okay with Deb. I I got fooled, and they're driving the car together, and she pulls him off the road. They fly into that body of water, and they start going down. This bystander saves <laughs> Deborah, and he just she gets to the shore, and she's like, "Oh my God, I'm on go back in again," and the guy's like. What? It doesn't even show with the bystander. What no, he's nowhere guys, to be found. <laughs> he's just swimming, and he's nowhere to be found. Oh, my God. I saved her. I better get out of here. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh-oh. If we have this guy on camera for more than five seconds, he's going to get a line. We can't get this guy a sad card. Get him out of here. Seriously. What Steven, if, you... Oh, go ahead, Anna. No, I was what if he died? I'm trying to say... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, maybe he was having a heart attack and Deb had to look at him. Do I save him or do I save Dexter? I saved the wrong person. Like, I'll save the lady. Oh, no. The lady's going to be easier to carry in the water. I'll take her. And then she looks in the back of the car and LaGuardia's there. Who do I save? This is getting yeah. out of control. I'm sorry. But but earlier in the episode, Vogel said, you will choose Dexter every time. And that's... Yeah. That's yeah. what bothers you. But th- that's funny because that's where the turning point was, I feel. where I was like, oh, everything's like okay with Deb. And then it just completely fooled me. Maybe she just needed, Deb needed to do this one last desperate act to try and correct her mistake, right? With letting Dexter live. To realize to herself, hey, I do care about him. I can't let him die because then I'm going to be a bad person. Just like Vogel was saying, I'm going to be a bad person, but I'm not. I'm a good person. So I'm going to save Dexter, even though I had a chance to kill him again. This is, you go ahead. I think it was her way way to safely end it all too i think it would end her pain and her misery she was understanding what harry was going through and like in the car saying i understand why he had to kill himself so i think she saw it as the best possible out for both of them and that and i knew like when he said we're gonna we're okay right or i can't remember the line exactly when their car and then she she didn't respond and she that look so i knew and of course i saw a spoiler with that car going over so i knew something was but anyway i just i think that that was for her to kill both of them at one time they could be together forever and all the pain would be over. Yeah, it's so Romeo and Juliet. Right. I was thinking that. And by the way, there are way more efficient ways to kill yourself and another than flying over in a car where you could slowly drown, you know? Oh, drowning's the worst. And maybe man. some yeah, random bystander can take five seconds and save you. Yeah. Um, Stephen, you were, what were you saying at the end of like right at the end, the last five seconds of the episode when they were underwater? How were you? How were you feeling at that moment? You mentioned it. <laughs> oh God, the scene where they're they're underwater. I'm like, if they end it right here, I am not watching the rest of the season because <laughs> it's just. I was just like, if the, there's a, there's something in Law and Order called the Dick Wolf ending, 
And a Dick Wolf ending is where it's just not satisfying at all. You're just, yeah. oh, Dick Wolf's name comes up on the screen. You're like, God damn it. You don't get to see what happens. <laughs> don't you ever say that about anything about Law & Order. There's no such thing <laughs> as an unsatisfying Law & Order. Yes, there are. Wrong. We can talk about this later. It's called a Dick Wolf Boy. ending. The majority are great, but there's Dick Wolf endings. Anyway. Ice tea forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think, I feel like we're running out of time, yeah. kind well, of. So I, let's let go me, ahead and wrap up with that thought, Stephen. Okay. No, we have we have time. We're good. Um, okay, so I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this, but well, probably not too much. This is I don't I didn't check who directed this episode, but this is one of those times the the whole attempted do- double suicide thing, murder suicide, whatever you want to call it. It was way too predictable, and this is one of those times where the directing kind of gave it away so quickly. And I don't mean that really to be accusatory or as, like, a negative thing, but there's really, like, a scene like this, I would really want to be surprised. And I just wasn't. The moment she said goodbye, Quinn. Yep. The moment Mm -hmm. she said goodbye, Quinn. And then the next scene, when they just have the slow-motion cinematography with Dexter seeing Deb. I mean, at that moment, I knew something was wrong. I was like, oh, either Deb's going to get shot here or something's going to go wrong. Because... I could just see Deb walking. We have that upward angle, and suddenly, like, a car comes and slams into <laughs> Deb. Like, it was that kind of shot. And then they're in the car. There's no music. Like, there's no score at all when they're in the car. Yeah. So I'm just, okay. You know what? That's Something's pro- going to happen. That's probably what they wanted to do, though. Like, the, the direction, they probably wanted us to be given clues and have us kind of feel like, wait, is she really making a turnaround, or is she actually going to do it? Because, you know, with me, I probably would have saw more of those clues, too, if I wasn't typing down my notes, but... If I, this wasn't episode four, though? I mean, come on. Yeah. Nobody's... No, everyone's... It was too obvious. I love... I love their technique with cinematography in the show and I especially the scene where Dexter's against Vogel and they have that nice upward angle very dark eyes he looks like he could snap and kill her at any second yeah he was showing a lot of emotion there a lot of rage yeah that's that's amazing direction that's amazing cinematography and using the use of the camera but in this they use too much if they only had the goodbye goodbye Quinn and then they had the no score, but showing the slow motion seeing Deb, like Baywatch style kind of thing. <laughs> that it was too much. It was like they used they used five techniques for the same purpose as opposed to just using two and then having space between them. So you kind of were eerie, but you weren't so a hundred percent sure that something bad like that was gonna happen. Well, before uh, we move And in- why where was their airbags? Where was their airbags? The what? They're airbags. Oh, they're airbags. Why didn't That's his right. airbag go out? They use yeah, the show for not, so much blatant market advertising. They don't advertise the safety <laughs> features of Dexter's car. By the way, Pepsi. Tecate <laughs> and Pepsi. And I think there was something else in there, too. Yeah, those those vitamin juices or whatever yeah. LA does. Yeah. By the oh way, I want I wanted our AfterBuzz TV fans to be sure to go ahead and sign on to the iTunes store. Type in the search bar, Serial Buddies, guess what comes up? Dexter and Dumb and Dumber mixed together in this awesome, just great independent film directed and written by Kevin Undergaro, starring Maria Menounos, Christopher McDonald, Christopher Lloyd, Artie Lang, Kathy Lee Gifford, and a bunch of funny other 
actors awesome so many people make cameos it's just an amazing film like did, did you guys enjoy the film mm-hmm. too I thought it was great mm-hmm. it was great man and it's you know for the price of your enjoyment here you guys listening to us every night at After Buzz TV you know what help us keep the lights on and be sure just go ahead and buy that film make a contribution to us it's like it's simple as clicking and putting in your iTunes password boom literally mm-hmm. there's like a little bill insert here and I have to put a fiver in every day for the lights to turn on it gets ridiculous. Like wow. I'm running out of fibers, guys. Come on. <laughs> but no, um, good episode. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I I like that surprise at the end with with Deb throwing them into the water. And there's some funny. Oh, I want to talk about Masuka real quick. Yeah, before we go, yeah. Oh my before we go into Finally. news and gossip, I want to talk about Masuka. So, Mas- we find out that Masuka has a freaking kid, and he was hitting on her. <laughs> that is a total Masuka thing to do, right? <laughs> What did, what did you guys think about her? I loved it. I loved having some Masuka humor back, you know? It's right? like, I love his lines, and it's been kind of... We haven't seen too much of him lately, so I, I loved it. I just... <laughs> I can't get enough of him. <laughs> I liked his shirt this episode. Seriously, like, I would I would totally buy a shirt like that. And, and not wear it every day, though. <laughs> just for the show, right? You liked his shirt last episode, or like that episode? I did? Maybe? Yeah. Last episode? I think or I just mentioned episodes. it. Yeah. Really? I think I just mentioned this his, one, like, out loud. I love like closed <laughs> captioning for the nervous laughter. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't use the word nervous. It was another funny word. Um, awkward. Awkward <laughs> laughter. No, but that was, was that? actually great because we get clued into it earlier in the episode. They're like, oh, there's a hottie looking for me. Like, yeah. blah, blah. And then he's like, here's a 20 to send her my way. I wasn't expecting it. That was like right up there. Like, yeah. as soon as she said, so you donated sperm. I, you heard me. I was like, ha! Ah! I was yeah. so, I was like, okay. Wow. Masuka's back with a vengeance. Because the, the whole thing with Masuka is last season he was with the interns and he's just yeah. so inappropriate. Yes. I thought it was going to be return of, you know, the uh, evidence room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought she looked so juvenile wearing those sneakers. It's like, dude, Masuka, hitting on a girl wearing, like, these Chuck Taylors or whatever she was wearing, or Nikes with the high tops? With her dress. She said she was a college student. You're the one who said 21 and older. I did. Sean. I did. She lowered it down to 18, I believe, too. Even even more than. I mean, that opens the door to seniors. And Okay, let's not go there. Let's, um, quick mention of Cassie from... 4B. Yeah. Begin to choose to a new character. So something may happen to her. Um, I got I, a prediction around her that, that I'll go into later. I, I think the actress's name is Bethany something or other. But she just... I mean, that actress, she she tweeted that she was going to be on uh, on Dexter tonight. And she got retweeted. I, I saw how many followers she has. She has 335k followers. Where the hell is she from? I've never seen her in anything before. But that's, that's pretty insane. Maybe she's a leader because she's got a lot of followers. Perhaps. Yeah, shutting up now. She, Bethany um, Joy Lens. At Bethany Joy Lens. Um, she's on Twitter. And Harrison likes her. her. Harrison thinks she's a nice lady. Yeah. Who doesn't do kissy neck? She doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't have kissy neck. She doesn't have kissy neck. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and move into our news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. All right, so I got a couple of things. Anybody have some stuff to talk about? I just had a 
Comic Con comment. Oh, go oh, ahead. Yeah. Oh, I just I was reading up on they were all at uh, Comic Con and um, they had a funny line where they said when they first started out they were in the small room at Comic Con and now they were excited that they were in the Iron Man room. Yeah. <laughs> and no. they were also sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. Here. And they were also giving away. I couldn't. I sent it to you guys exactly what it was. It almost looked like a lunchbox, uh, but it had uh, stuff inside of it and the the, yes. the blood. Sp- slides in it and it was like a giveaway they were giving. Yeah, it was a goodie bag. I, yeah. I think that it was it was probably a lunchbox that was actually Dexter's AC unit. Yes, that's what it was. And it had a Dexter blood slide box with blood yeah. slides and like a little Dexter doll in yeah. it. That was neat. Yeah, that was cool too. That, that makes me want to be at <laughs> yeah. Comic Con. I, man, I should have just skipped yeah. out on my church wedding this weekend. <laughs> Send us one. Yeah, I mean, we, we do it. this after show thing. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> No, but I, I saw, I had tweets also from uh, Jennifer Carpenter and Showtime. But Jennifer Carpenter, she, uh, she tweeted at J to the Carpenter. She tweeted, I had to crop out clues. I can't steal too many more picks because I wrap tomorrow. She t- tweeted this on July 9th uh, from the Dexter set. And it's just her, and there's a picture, a twit pick of her and Michael C. Hall. And who knows what's going on, but mm. they're, they're wrapping, they wrapped up already because this was tweeted out like almost two weeks ago. Yeah, they wrapped yeah. last week. Um, we had an after buzzer who was at the wrap party. Nice. And I don't know if she got anyone, but I'll talk to her soon. Uh, also, Dexter's uh, Showtime account, at show underscore Dexter, hashtag CDCC, that's San Diego Comic-Con for you people who don't know, which is one of the biggest comic conventions in the world. CDCC News, hashtag Dexter's, at Amy underscore Garcia, at David Zaya 62, at J to the Carpenter, and at Y underscore Tra- Strahovski will do signings at the Ent Earth booth on Thursday. And there was also something that one of the other tweets I saw about somebody was going to be singing something at the Ent Earth booths, booths, which is pretty interesting. I think it was Amy Garcia and David Zayas are going to be singing, which is pretty cool. It's like, what? You guys are going to sing? <laughs> Amy Garcia can sing. Cool. I don't know about David Zayas. Yeah. Anybody else have any news and gossip? Before we go to our predictions, I wanted to talk about some of our fans' comments because we got a lot of comments on our YouTube channel. Yeah, thanks, fans. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Uh, I wanted to say, okay, uh, Remus, oh, you had a really long comment here, but thank you for your comment, (laughs) Remus. Uh, One of the things I wanted to point out is he said... um, he he said, I predict a couple of main characters could do before the series ends. Oh, die. Uh, but I do agree Dexter has to die. It would seem like a bit of a cop-out if he escapes justice or if he's able to keep his secret after everything. Look forward to the next show. Right on. And we had a lot of other people comment. Um, the girl with the shorter hair looks like Nora off True Blood. That's from Basket of Puppies. They said you... Are you talking about Anna, guys? guys? <laughs> you look like... Do you know who this character is at, from True Bud? I don't watch True Bud. No, neither do I. I well, used to watch it, but she must be a new character. I think. I'm, I'm sure there are plenty Blood. plenty of new characters. Uh, James Young says, Why does it say no stream when I got when I go to watch? What is there a problem with like the streaming? It, you need to watch it from watch it from an iOS device. I watch it from my iPad. Works totally fine. You could probably watch it on um, your computer too, and it should work fine. Uh, oh, Louis Nadia Nene, that drink. Oh wait. Oh, I think I already read that comment before. <laughs> anyway, any other comments that you guys wanted to read? Um, I tried my best to say Vogel tonight. <laughs> Oh, uh, Gil Adwino, Vogel wants Dexter to kill Deborah. What a biatch! <laughs> I don't think I don't want Deborah to die. She's awesome. 
Yeah, I, I agree. agree. I don't. I don't think Deborah should die. Maybe if she season. dies, they'll finally give her a freaking Emmy. Come on. Maybe. What a shame. I was so mad. Right? <laughs> She's been doing such a good yes. job. Like this this whole the whole she gets last robbed every like, year. Three, I know, right? The yeah. last 3 seasons she's been doing amazing and I she's yeah. just been like yelling and crying all the time and then these depressions. Man. Yeah, she really deserved it. Give her one, everybody. Over at the Emmy, uh, the Emmy Academy, please. Uh let's go ahead and move into our predictions. <laughs> And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Yes. Well, I got a very simple one. I think Dex is going to kill Yates next time. Because if we know that he's not... If we have a, an inkling that he's not the brain surgeon, I feel like Dexter has to get some kind of intel out of him. He's got to get him mm-hmm. on his table. Uh, and he, he's probably going to find out another clue. Maybe, maybe Yates is going to be vague. And he's going to say something that alludes to Vogel being the mastermind behind all her little puppets. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Anna? Well, uh, it appears that Deb and Dex are going to be in couples therapy next week, <laughs> which is great. Uh, <laughs> Special I guest, think, Dr. Phil. <laughs> but I think this is going to bring them back together because now that Deb did kind of try to kill Dexter... Uh, he gets to hate her for a reason now, too. And so I think this is really... Um, I just see this bringing them back together. Maybe even into each other's arms as lovers. <laughs> I don't even see Dexter hating her after this. He has too much... He has too much... Well, I, I don't think he would say an emotion like care or I don't know. He's got too much of his uh, his heart-shaped tank filled up for her. <laughs> JJ. I'm sticking with my one prediction I said earlier. I think they're going to find out that Vogel killed Harry. And then, then if they are reunited with couples therapy, then they could team up and kill her. I don't know if that's really going to happen, but <laughs> I think they'll both be mad at her. Um, I got a, you know, I'm not going to go too deep, but I got a random prediction. I think Cassie is, knows who Hannah is. From last season, the Hannah McKay, Yvonne Strahovski. I think I think uh, Cassie is like someone connected with her. And for season finale, final scene prediction, I think we're going to see Dexter tied to his own table, and I think Vogel's going to kill Dexter. Yikes! Because I feel like that's going to be an ending that fans are going to hate, but at the same time, everyone's going to talk about it, and it'll just go down as like. Oh my god, this happened. It's the most unexpected thing you could ever think of. If it ended like that, like Vogel stabs him and then credits. He, he bleeds and it goes to credits, I think that would be a very unsatisfactory ending for me cuz I want to see what too. I want to at least have some kind of resolution with some of the other characters. Like maybe he's dead and he's missing and then people start going about their lives for like maybe the next 5 or 10 minutes or something like that. And then maybe t- people are talking about him, and he's in the paper. Maybe his obituary is there. I, don't know. I, like I we're agree with you. About the made-up finale that Stephen <laughs> came up with. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You know you love. It. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I still think Vogel's like Vogel is the main mastermind behind these things. Well, I think that about does it for us here at AfterBuzz TV, but I wanted to thank you guys, our, our fans, for tuning in, and be sure to tune in next week. We're going to be talking about Episode 5, and give us a follow. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter, at Sean Austin O. You can also follow me on Instagram as well. 
You can follow me at Copple from Air, K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. Sean and I will also be back in an hour. Doing Ray Donovan. You can follow me at JJ Jurgens and on my website, jjjurgens.com. You can follow me at Stephen Lemieux and here at AfterBuzz TV. Yay. Woo. Thanks so much, guys. We'll buzz with you next week. From Bing.com. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.